The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here. Our friends and partners at Fox Nation have an exclusive new movie out right now, Murder for Sale. In this new original movie, real estate agent Violet Becker is devastated when her best friend and fellow real estate agent dies at an open house. Violet is suspicious about the circumstances of the death and sets out to investigate. She soon finds herself in unfamiliar territory as she uncovers shocking truths about her friend's life and mysterious death. Starring Caitlin Clark, Julia Benson, and Matt Hamilton, Murder for Sale is available exclusively on Fox Nation. Fox Nation subscribers also have access to all kinds of exclusive programming, including the video simulcast of Crime Stories, our team's special investigations, original movies like Murder for Sale, and so much more. Sign up for Fox Nation to watch. Just go to foxnation.com. Don't wait. Catch this movie. It's awesome. Go to foxnation.com now to watch. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Murder for Sale. <laughs> it's actually the title of a brand new movie, but woven into this movie are real life elements. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. The premise of this movie just grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me because it is reminding me of so many other similar cases, cases that stem from a gorgeous real estate agent who somehow ends up dead. Um, you know what? Let's just start off with a real life case, the story of Beverly Carter. Listen to this. Beverly Carter was my sweet mom. She was an executive broker and a top producing real estate professional from the North Little Rock, Arkansas area. While doing the work that my mom loved so much, she was 
kidnapped and murdered in the fall of 2014. A couple of weeks before that showing that took my mom from me, my mom began hearing from a couple. Their story was that they were out of state buyers. They were relocating due to work. Cash buyers. And my mom was hearing from them from phone calls, text, and emails. Their phone number matched that of an out-of-state buyer. Their email address matched the fictitious names that they had given her. But my mom had no idea that these people were, were not who they said they were. She had no idea of their intentions to kidnap her, to hold her for ransom, and to take her perceived wealth. The husband of this couple that took my mom said when he was questioned, why Beverly? He said, because she was a rich broker that worked alone. Just being in the profession, marketing herself as the professional that she was, made her a target. And she was a target. She marketed herself. How many times do you just drive down the street and you see billboards with a realtor? And they're usually glamour shots. And I look at them and think, wow, you know, maybe if I ever buy a house or that's who I'll call. I don't think about it the way a predator would think about it. You were just hearing Beverly Carter's own son with the Beverly Carter story at Stewart Online telling about his mom who lost her life just being a realtor. What I remember about that case is not only her being found in a shallow grave, but also that the husband and the son were at home heating up dinner, waiting for mom to come home. And then she never came. That was a tangled web, a ball of yarn that was really hard to untangle, much like this new Fox Nation movie, Murder for Sale. It's really hard to detangle this one with me, an all-star panel to make sense of this movie. And when you watch it, and you can see it right now, streaming on Fox Nation, you're going to love it. Let me first go to the star of Murder for Sale, Matt Hamilton. Hello. Hi, Matt. Thanks for being with us. Star of Murder for Sale. You play Detective Carson, and you can be found at matthamilton.ca and on Instagram at underscore Matt underscore Hammer. But I've seen you all over the place. Uh, first of all, nobody can forget your blue eyes. I hope my husband's not listening. Oh, keep going. He also has blue-ish eyes. But that yeah. said, uh, Matt Hamilton, you have an incredible on-screen persona. How did you get involved in this movie? Because I love the movie. And I'm, don't anybody on this panel tell who did it. Don't think about it. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um... How did I get involved? You know what? I can't, I can't even remember if this was an offer or I auditioned for it, to be honest with you. It was during a busy period, but uh, I'm up here in Vancouver and it was filming and it kind of came across my way. And I, one thing I love is I, I love playing cops. Like I was <laughs> like, I grew, grew up watching like Bruce Willis, you know, action movies and Stallone movies, stuff like that. So when I get to like play a cop, it's just like, Oh yes, yes, give me this. And he's got that the 
Detective Carson Spano, we had a kind of ongoing joke on set. Me and the director, Steven, would be like, I'm Detective Carson Spano, talking like the super cop voice. Um, <laughs> well, hold on. I've got to write that down, talking in the super cop voice. To Robert Crispin joining me, private investigator, but former Fed with the Federal Task Force for the U.S. Department of Justice, also with the DEA and the Miami Field Division, Division, never a lack of business there. Former Homicide and Crimes Against Children investigator. You can find it at CrispinInvestigations.com. Crispin, uh, do you have the super cop voice? Because I don't think I've ever heard it. Or have you used it on me and I didn't notice? <laughs> I tried to use it on you. It just didn't work. Oh, okay. But he does an amazing job in this movie. Outstanding. And from a cop's perspective, great. Matt Hamilton, what is the super cop voice? Go ahead, hit me. Well, the super cop voice is kind of deep, kind of like this. Hey, I'm a detective Carson Spano. It's not like a voice I think you use in any movie. I'm trying to think of where, like, where I'm, like, parodying it from. Um... There's got to be some sort of movie where that's coming from. I, I, I can't think of it at the top of at the top of the way. Every time I came into set, uh, Steven would do the same thing. Detective Carson Spano. It's almost like, you know what it is? It's like the movie trailer voice. You kind of sound, Sam Spade, you kind of sound like um, Steve Martin and one of his, well, the only cop case I can think of he did was uh, the Pink Panther. But yes, he's, play, he's used his detective voice before. So, Crispin, did that sound like a uh, super cop voice to you? Oh, it's fantastic. It's perfect. I'm here. No, it's, it's, a, it's a great voice. It's perfect. It fits that screen so bad. It, it's funny how Matt Hamilton people grow up thinking, wow, I want to be a cop. You know, there are people that grow up thinking, I want to be the robber. I want to be the bad guy. So at least... You know, you're on the right track wanting to be a detective. So you guys shot in Vancouver? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, guys, I want you to hear a tiny bit, and I'm not going to give it away. Take a listen to this to this uh, clip from Murder for Sale. Thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Call if you have any questions. Will do. Okay, wow. I kind of want to hear that whole thing again. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible. It's Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. 
Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Joining me right now, in addition to the star of Murder for Sale, streaming right now on Fox Nation, is a real-life Southern California realtor. I would say a glam realtor. You can find her at Shazon.com and on Insta, the Haute Couture Realtor. Okay, Gee, I can't imagine who came up with that, Shazon Prince. Shazon, I don't want to scare you away from your job. You've still got to get those two uh, children of yours through college. But that said, what kind of precautions do you take when you go show a home? I mean, Beverly Carter had had extensive conversations with the prospective buyers. How was she to know this was all to lure her there uh, robbers thinking that she would be loaded down with cash and jewelry. Well, the the reality is that there is constant risk every day with this career. And a lot of people think that it's all just glitz and glamour or beautiful homes, but it is actually one of the most riskiest careers. Well, hold on right there, Shazan. You know what I noticed when I was looking for apartments uh, in New York and trying to find a home when I was still a prosecutor? The realtor always shows up dressed about a hundred times better than me, dripping in jewelry with designer sunglasses and clothes, and usually an expensive sports car of some type. Always. Mm-hmm. Why? And it's and then that that's like a calling card when you really dial it back and look at the dangers of what that can be because watching the movie definitely was just chills, constant chills that I had. And um when you're out there, you just become so vulnerable because you do have these ongoing phone calls and emails and all this communication that's going on. So you then tend to think that these people are real. But then another vulnerable situation is meeting them in person by yourself, being inside of a home for a showing and just never you just never know. There's really no way of really knowing if you're in complete danger. And that's the mindset that you have to have. Well, that's the mindset that I have. Every time I'm meeting with someone, which is nerve wracking, but that comes with the job. But Shay, what I'm asking is, what precautions do you take? Because I'm sure Beverly Carter did all of that, too. And now murder for sale is about a realtor that kills over at an open house. Well, what I've started doing is that I don't go to the showings and the open house alone anymore. I try to have someone there or I have someone like my husband, if he's available 
in the driveway just waiting because it is nerve wracking. And then the other things too, is that when you're doing a showing, then I have a setup pretty much like a instant dial. If something's wrong, it sends a message because there's apps available. Like if you're in an urgent situation where it just dials out to a number of people, letting them know like mayday and automatically they'll know. Cause I m- let everyone know before I'm going to do a showing or an open house. This is where I'm going. This is the address. This is who I'm meeting with. So if there's a text message coming from there, like a mayday, then something's gone south. And also the check-in, I have the check-in method, letting people know when I get there, halfway through, there's that communication. And when I'm closing up, I let them know. So if they're not hearing back from me, then they know this is an alert, something's wrong. So, okay, hold on just a moment. Let, let me understand. You have your husband sit in the driveway when you do a home showing? If I'm meeting with someone for the first time, yeah. If he's available, I have him come with me so I'm not there alone. They don't notice that there is a guy lurking in the driveway. I mean, what do you pass him off as? Another potential buyer? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily lurking. I've seen him. I can envision him lurking. <laughs> just sitting there in his car watching the house. Well, just parked up. Maybe you could pass him off as another buyer and make them feel like they have to jump on the house right then because there's this guy sitting in the parking lot. Okay, well, I didn't know that you were a real estate team. Hopefully, uh, his employers at his fancy job at that law firm uh, don't hear that he leaves every day at lunch to go lurk in a, a, a driveway so you can show a house. But okay, Shazan, <laughs> you went into this knowing the risks. Have there ever been times you felt afraid? Yeah. Uh, at one of the showings, coming to the closing, um, I was putting everything back in place and then the door opened and this man walked in and I knew at that point that something just was wrong because my stomach dropped and that's one of the things that they tell you to watch out for is that you know people will tend to come at the very end um, because they know everybody's pretty much gone at that time and so he came in asked a bunch of odd questions lurking around really slow and I followed my gut at that point and started talking about the landscaping and the gardening and all the work that was done to try to get him out of the house which he went along with it um, and we stayed out there he was trying to come back in and I told him I had another appointment and just had to kind of cut it close at that point but I knew something was off because you can just feel it and I knew that if I had gotten back inside of the house, that probably wasn't going to be a good situation. You know, um, Shazan, you just gave me a chill all the way down the left side of my body, just the way you described it. You know, question to you, Matt Hamilton, you're the star of Murder for Sale. And mm-hmm. when you're thinking, and I, I know you went into it uh, just you know, as an actor, you know your part, you know what to do. But did it ever hit you that realtors actually are, female realtors usually are, attack and sometimes murdered as a part of their job? Yeah, actually, uh, funny you should ask. Well, actually, it's not funny you should ask that at all. Odd you should ask. Coincidentally, you should ask. Coincidentally, you should ask. Uh, well, I grew up in a place called Victoria, which is close to Vancouver. It's about an hour and a half ferry ride. And I knew a girl who was killed uh, at an open house. It was kind of like a, a hit. It made, uh, it made the news. I think it was, it was on... Uh, Dateline, it was, um, her name was Lindsay Buziak. And she w- would have been, um, and we still, they still have never found the killer. It was a really mysterious kind of setup. And she had, it was another one of those things 
where she had a kind of a bad feeling, but the house was, it was a, it was a really expensive house. And so she went to go meet the buyer and it was basically an assassination essentially. And the motives are a little iffy, but it's just like, it's, terrifying. You know, uh, Matt Hamilton is joining me. He has been in so many other productions and he was snagged to do Murder for Sale and just did a phenomenal job. This is, I love this movie. In fact, I think I'm going to watch it again. I love it. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm a crime aficionado. The acting is great. Everything. But you just said something really key that she had a, quote, bad feeling about it. Joining me is Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst out of Beverly Hills. Never lack a business there as well. You can find her at drbethanymarshall.com. Dr. Bethany, do you know how many times I have investigated, prosecuted, or pled out a case, much less covered it, where the victim had a an overwhelming sense of dread, a, a, a doomsday, a, a, a scary, not necessarily premonition, but just a bad feeling before their demise or their attack? Nancy, I had a bad feeling at the beginning of this movie, which I have to say I loved. So in the opening scene, which you just played... You, you have to scare yourself? <laughs> I started watching it at 5 o'clock this morning, and I'm not kidding you, I could not turn it off. I could hardly turn my head away to make my morning latte. I was riveted. And in the opening scene, you have this gorgeous mansion. You have this beautiful realtor, Lainey. This couple comes in to look at the house, and right then, I had the bad feeling. I'm like... Are they going to do her in? And the reason I thought that was because, as we've been talking about, realtors are basically sitting ducks. I mean, they're by themselves. They're gorgeous. They have to wear the the great clothing and the jewelry because they have to signal to the potential clients that they're successful. If they if they dress badly in their gym in their gym clothes or whatever, you know, the buyer's going to say, "Well, why should I trust you? You're not you're not even professional." But here, Lainey's in this this gorgeous home. And she's having a hard time breathing. And there's this sense of danger that gripped me. And I thought something bad is going to happen to her. Either she's having an asthmatic attack or somebody poisoned her or the next person who comes in, you know, has some ill intent towards her. And then the way this movie unfolded, I have to say, I'm a Nancy Drew fan. I grew up on Nancy Drew. And that's how this folded, unfolded so many characters, you know, Violet, you know, who was her best friend, Savannah, her childhood friend, two co-realtors, Ava, who was a friendly rival, Bob, who was Ava's husband, and all these relationships are intertwined. And, you know, every single person except for Violet, her best friend, I thought, well, maybe that person did it, or maybe that person did it, or maybe that person did it. So there were, I, if, if you want to chill in the thrill, I mean, really, honestly, there were bad feelings all around in this movie. From the beginning, but even in true life, I've had in so many life. victims tell their friends, you know, I've got a really bad feeling about this. In fact, we just finished covering the case of Alex Murag and his wife, Maggie, mm. told uh, a friend before she went to meet Murdoch and to her death, 
I got a really bad feeling about this. What is he up to? What's going on? She knew that, but went into it anyway. This is, of course, airing on Fox Nation, murder for sale. But in real life, this is the reality. Take a listen to our cut 29. When did your dad become concerned? Oh, I'm I'm early to go to to go to bed, and he he called me at at nine o'clock, and he said, "Son, I haven't heard from your mom yet, and I, I'm getting concerned." And we kind of joked, and he said, "He said, you know, I'm getting kind of hungry too." And and uh, I said, "Well, Dad, if it make you feel any better, you know, Mom's probably out. It's a it's a good deal. They um they wanted to write an offer on the house and." This is this is nothing to worry about, and he said, "Son, was every time I call, her phone's just going to voicemail." And I said, "Well, you know how busy she is. Maybe her phone just died." That is Beverly's son, Carl Carter Jr., speaking to me, and I will never forget the suffering in his voice after his mom was killed. Being a realtor, you know, Jack. I want to hear our cut one one more time, the one that um, Dr. Bethany's describing. Take a listen. Thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Call if you have any questions. Will do. Wendy Patrick joining me, California prosecutor, author of Why Bad Looks Good, and author of Red Flags. She's the star of Today with Dr. Wendy on KCBQ. Wendy, the first thing I like to do with a jury, if I've got it, is to play the 911 call. And that 911 call of the victim trying, trying to get help was very realistic. Oh, that's for sure. The 911 call actually brings the jurors to the crime scene. And that is one of the best ways that any case could start by really familiarizing themselves with whatever fact pattern and how it began. You know, what makes this particularly chilling is we talk about how dangerous it is for real estate agents if you're trapped with a dangerous person where no one can hear you scream, as we say. What about being trapped in an empty house in some remote location where no one can hear you call for help? So what Whatever it is, whatever the, the scenario, bring a jury in through listening to that struggling to breathe. I mean, that's even hard to listen to for anyone. And you can only imagine that the scene that that sets. No wonder we all had a bad feeling at the beginning of the movie because it really gives you a sense of how dangerous it is in a number of variety of levels to have this job as a realtor. Glam Realtor, Shazan Prince, joining us, Southern California Realtor star. Shazan, just tell me one word, Shazan, one word, yes or no. You do take a fully charged phone with you to every showing, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that was two words. (laughs) But anyway, that said, 
Now, we're going to see something in Murder for Sale that we don't see that often. A very different type of MO, modus operandi, method of operation. Take a listen to our cut, too. She didn't have anything for breakfast, just coffee. So that leaves the fig cookies. Right. But the test came back negative on those. Okay, so if the cookies came back negative, does that mean we're looking at something else as the source of the poison? Possibly. But I did find one fig cookie in our victim's stomach that wasn't fully digested. There was a thickening agent present, sometimes used in canning. I'm still looking into botulism toxin type A, cosmetic botulism. Okay, I'll see if she's had any recent doctor's appointments. Back to the cookie for a second. Is it possible just one of the cookies could have been poisoned? Now you're thinking like a detective. Every now and then. I did some research. Figs are low acid with a pH of 4.6. So if during the canning process no acid was added, a thickening agent was used. And if the heat failed to reach 250 degrees, it's the perfect breeding ground for the spores. You think it could have been a killer cookie? Could be. Whatever the source of the botulism is, based on everything we know this far, and the fact that the toxin levels were so unusually high in our victim's system, I feel confident this was a malicious act. Murder. Stories with Nancy Grace. She didn't have anything for breakfast, just coffee. So that leaves the fig cookies. Right, but the test came back negative on those. Okay, so if the cookies came back negative, does that mean we're looking at something else as the source of the poison? Possibly. But I did find one fig cookie in our victim's stomach that wasn't fully digested. There was a thickening agent present, sometimes used in canning. I'm still looking into botulism toxin type A, cosmetic botulism. Okay, I'll see if she's had any recent doctor's appointments. Back to the cookie for a second. Is it possible just one of the cookies could have been poisoned? Now you're thinking like a detective. Every now and then. I did some research. Figs are low acid with a pH of 4.6. So if during the canning process no acid was added, a thickening agent was used. And if the heat failed to reach 250 degrees, it's the perfect breeding ground for the spores. You think it could have been a killer cookie? Could be. Whatever the source of the botulism is, based on everything we know this far, and the fact that the toxin levels were so unusually high in our victim's system, I feel confident this was a malicious act. Murder. Okay, to Alexis Tereschuk joining us, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Alexis Tereschuk, thanks for being with us. So, um, is it like a thumbprint cookie? You know, the cookies that have um, uh, the indentation in the middle and there's icing or jelly or jam or something in it that's what we're talking about yeah exactly they're like a a yellow cookie and then they would have a jelly in the middle i personally would never eat those cookies they're so dry and the thing was there was a clue in movie that she always had chocolate chip cookies she had a pattern she would always bring get fresh baked cookies and bring them to her open houses chocolate chip chocolate chip chocolate chip always got them from the same bakery this time there were these dry jelly cookies which was a big clue as to why things were different there and if that was done because this is clearly how she got poisoned as the medical examiner says okay guys we're talking about death by cookie but this is by far not the first time that a very unusual vehicle has been used to commit a deadly crime take a listen to our 
cut seven our friends at GMA. Investigators say they still have no clear motive as to why 52-year-old Lana Clayton allegedly used eye drops to kill her husband of four years. Well, she did admit during interviews with our detectives that she committed the crimes. Stephen Clayton was found dead in the foyer of this $800,000 South Carolina mansion he shared with his wife in July. Police say they never suspected foul play was involved until toxicology results from his autopsy revealed high levels of tetrahydrazine, the chemical found in eye drops and nasal sprays in his bloodstream. Wow, okay, out to Wendy Patchett, California prosecutor at the crime lab and at the medical examiner's office, the coroner, the, mo- the morgue, normal or standard blood panels are run toxicology. And they don't typically look for tetrahydrazoline, which is basically what's in visine. So in a case like this, murder for sale, you wouldn't necessarily know what to look for. You just see a very high toxicity level. Wendy? What you would do is work backwards. That's right. So you would look at whatever the cause of death was determined to be, look at the types of substances that might have caused a death in that manner. And then you're right. You look circumstantially as to what was present in the environment that could have delivered those chemicals. And you would need to run tox screens other than drugs and alcohol and the usual suspects, as we say in the, in the crime business. You would need to think outside the box when you have a young beautiful real estate agent dropping dead in a home, you would certainly need to think creatively as to who else might have had access to a substance that uniquely, especially if you have a pre-existing condition like asthma, you would, we would need to look at that and then run those tests. That's the best way to solve these unusual crimes by poisoning, if you will, which is often what, what causes these kinds of deaths. Dr. Bethany, another similarity is in that case and in this case, they're in a mansion. Why do rich people kill each other? <laughs> They've got everything. That was an $800,000 mansion. And now in murder for sale, of course, she's showing a beautiful home. There's never like, you know, a, a, a shack down by the railroad. <laughs> it's part of this. But it's actually true. It's actually true. Well, honey, Nancy, you're going to have to, the viewers are going to have to watch the movie to get the answer to that question. But I will say that, uh, first of all, 44% of all crimes are over money or property. Okay, so that makes sense. But secondly, there was a lot of behavioral evidence in this movie, and the behavioral evidence was really uncovered by Violet, who was her best friend, because Violet knew all of Lainey's habits. She knew what kind of cookies she picked up. She knew what kind of a relationship she had with her husband. At the funeral, she snuck into her closet and looked in her jewelry chest, and she saw a a business card to a divorce attorney. So then she kind of knew about her relationship with the husband. Dr. Bethany, you're reminding me of Dr. Martin McNeil, another high-profile, true-to-life case Um, A doctor and lawyer whose beauty queen wife is found dead in the tub and wisely one of the adult daughters who really cracked the case went digging through all of her jewelry and effects looking for clues. So did you have any idea Matt Hamilton, who is the star of the movie Murder for Sale, how many true life aspects that your movie has. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, I did not. Well, you're learning now, little boy. <laughs> yeah. Just pull out your super cop voice. Speaking of unusual vehicles used to poison and murder people. Okay. 
Lana Clayton is not the only one who thought of using Visine. Take a listen to our cut eight. This is our friend Jim Murray at Inside Edition. He saved dozens of lives as a paramedic. Now prosecutors say he murdered his wife by poisoning her with Visine. Joshua Hunsucker and his wife Stacy were high school sweethearts, raising two adorable daughters aged five and six. Stacy died in September last year from what appeared to be a heart attack. But in a stunning development, her 35-year-old husband has just been charged with murder. He is the one who poisoned Ms. Hunsucker with Visine or a similar product and caused her death. And very often, okay, there it's very hard to determine the substance used to poison the victims. But sometimes when the victim is taken to the doctor, the hospital, or even the morgue, they can't figure out the substance at first. And the death is chalked up to something completely different, like a heart attack or a stroke or some sort of seizure that causes them to froth at the mouth and then asphyxiate. Take a listen to our Cut 9, our friends at ABC7. Radiologist Jack Chen says he noticed a chemical taste in his drinks in March. He set up a hidden camera in their kitchen, capturing video evidence of his wife, Yu Yu, allegedly taking Drano from under the sink and pouring it into his lemonade in three separate instances in July. A doctor diagnosed Chen with two stomach ulcers, gastritis, and esophagus inflammation. Did you hear that? Alexis Tereschuk, you and I covered that case together. Um, he was first diagnosed with stomach ulcers, gastritis, esophageal inflammation before they realized he was being poisoned with Drano. So in murder for sale, you now it's difficult to determine has there been a crime or is the victim dying of some natural cause like an acute asthmatic attack? Right. And that was the thing with her. Did and They couldn't find her inhaler originally. We saw, you see in the very beginning of the movie, she has a bit of an asthma attack. She, she uses her inhaler. Then when her body is found just moments later, uh, they say there's no inhaler. In fact, Detective Carson says that. He says there's no inhaler. We can't find it. So that was one avenue of maybe she just died from a, a panic attack or an asthma attack sorry but the thing is the medical examiner quickly narrowed it down to their botulism and you're not going to get that from your inhaler guys take a listen to our sound from murder for sale no in the same house within a couple days? Do I still in this place? What can you tell me? Not much until I can start running tests. No signs of foul play, but we know how that turned out last time. Yeah, this seems to scare a lot of people when this comes out. I don't envy you. Huh. Oh, I found thumbprint cookies again on the counter. Odd choice, given what happened with the first death. Yeah, only this time, they're raspberry. Huh. Well, I'm going to start the autopsy tonight. You're a rock star. I'll take it. What if she was poisoned? What if it was meant for me? Okay, you know what? <laughs> She's on Prince. Joining me, Glam Realtor in Southern California at Shazon.com or on Insta, the Haute Couture Realtor. Okay, I, I don't know what to make of that. But 
She's on one of the first things they say, trying to sell this place. <laughs> I guess the property value doesn't nosedive when not one but two people die there. Uh, yes. <laughs> because you definitely have to disclose that. How do you tell a client, yeah, we've had two homicides right here in the room where you're standing. I mean, I would run as if I had seen a monster rear its head. Who wants to live there? I'd probably be running right behind you. I'd be running to the realtor running along behind you. Nancy, this is Alexis. Can I jump in? Yes. When my husband and I were looking for a house... Uh, about a decade ago here in Los Angeles, we looked at this home. It was beautiful. It had this really cool back house. It was like an art studio. I was like, I feel like this home is so familiar, but I, I don't have feeling like I don't have ghost feelings. I just, I know this home. We went home and Googled it and a very famous young woman had died in that home like two years earlier. It was all over the news and we had, I had covered her death. I just didn't, I had never been to the crime scene. And then the house was for sale two years later. Did you buy it? We did not. Okay. <laughs> I would have been so surprised if you had said yes. Surprised, bewildered, and happy all at the same time. Yeah, you've been in you my al- murder house. You also don't want to buy a house that's been featured in one of those paranormal <laughs> documentaries as I well. Know. A p- or a murder house. Oh, I yeah. probably say you have to disclose that as well. <laughs> so, Matt Hamilton, do they continue to try to sell the house? I think they, I think they kind of forget about it. I think there's more pressing matters. At, yeah, at the double... Point, Murder. Who's the second? Oh, wait, should we even ask as a second murder victim? Should we let him tell? Because that may touch on the plot. Okay, go ahead. Who's the second murder victim? Well, the second murder victim is just a random uh, person. So that's that's what makes it even more confusing. So I'm not supposed to care about them. Yeah, no. I mean, you don't you don't see them before they're dead. You don't know about them after. But that's what makes it the the, the murder so or the the crime so confusing is there doesn't seem to be a link between the uh oh i hate that two cases uh let me explain what i hate so much about it to robert crispin joining me private investigator former fed with the u.s government doj at crispin special investigations you know how in every murder you first look within a circle of intimates the husband the boyfriend the ex and then you move sure. out to yeah. the lawyer, the next door neighbor, the grocery delivery guy. Then you move out and out and out until you where you have nowhere to go. And then right. it's deemed random. That is like finding a needle in a haystack. So when you get the first murder of the realtor, they're looking within her circle. Then all of a sudden, there comes an unrelated murder and... It completely blows apart the theory of the intimate circle. It, it does, but it happened at the same location as the first one. So there's a connection to that house. There's a connection to someone who's connected to that house. And as an investigator, yeah, I'm focusing in on who's coming in and out of this house. Well, I can tell you this much. I'm not buying that house. I don't care what it looks like. Just like Alexis, and you and your beautiful home. I'm not buying it. Forget it. Now, I could hear my husband saying, hey, but it's a really good deal. No, it's not a really good deal. You know, you're talking about all the similarities between this movie and what happens in true crime. And I kept thinking about the husband because one of the things we look at in investigation is is the, the people who are closest to the homicide victim. And it was interesting that the husband had taken out a $2 million insurance policy on her. And they were possibly going through a divorce. You're right. But all of that is part of any standard investigation. I would hope, Crispin, that you would look up life insurance policies and potential divorces. 
right? You would. Sure, of course. It's a motive. Sure, of course. Sure. Okay, guys, let's take another listen to Murder for Sale. Well, she promised me and others a big return on her investment. She needed commitments from us up to $100,000. In return, we would get a 50% profit when the work was finished. But you didn't get the money? No. I told her that I needed my payout or my investment back. She said she didn't have it, but that she was trying to get it. I had to close the bakery. I'm so sorry. I just can't believe Lainey would do something like that. I don't know, me neither. You'd all been coming into the bakery for years. She's a reputable real estate agent in town. I, I thought it was a sure thing. Can the FBI do anything? Well, they're trying. But apparently all the money in her bank account is just up and vanished. So either it's in a foreign account somewhere, which they're investigating, or someone else has it. Money, money, money. The love of money, the root of all evil. Well, I can tell you this much. We've talked about murder for sale on Fox Nation, but I bet you still can't figure out who did it. <laughs> Matt Hamilton, Shazon Prince, Wendy Patrick, Dr. Bethany Marshall, Robert Crispin, Alexis Terrestrial. Thank you for joining us. Hold on. I got to go watch the rest of this movie. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being with us. I'll see you guys on Fox Nation. <laughs> Bye. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner.